Community Health Center Chat is a discussion on how different technologies, practices, and regulations affect community health centers and federally qualified health centers. We'll talk to providers, technology vendors, and regulators about ways to improve the reach and quality of care. I'm your host, Chris Beckwith. Now on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm with Stephen Gorman, CEO of RCX Rules. And we're going to be discussing the importance of HCC coding in value-based care and Medicare Advantage. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Thanks, Chris. Uh, great to spend time with you. So what exactly is HCC coding? So uh, HCC coding, it's a, it's a methodology for determining a patient's health status. And it's the patient's health status if you're in a value-based care or Medicare Advantage world that's used to determine how much money is needed to care for that patient. Uh, It's actually based on the ICD-10 codes that have been around for years. And, um, you know, the acronym actually stands for Hierarchical Condition Category. Uh, That's a mouthful. Um, But all that means is that things are organized in a hierarchy because they've determined that if if a patient has multiple conditions, they're usually sicker and more expensive to, to treat. Why is HCC coding important to a medical group? And it's, it's really important for groups that are in value-based contracts or dealing with Medicare Advantage plans. That's really when it becomes important because, you know, while those programs may have differences in the way they're structured, they're really all about providing great patient care for a fixed amount of money. And those programs are a big change from the fee-for-service world where a medical group is reimbursed for every action that they take. But in this new world, the pool of money is fixed, and groups need to provide, yeah. you know, whatever care is necessary to treat the patients for that set amount of money. And the trick sure. is getting the appropriate amount of money into that pool, and that's where HCC coding comes in. How does that relate to population health or, yeah, like, by all means, expand. You know, if you think about insurance companies for a minute, right, one of the things they're really good at is projecting their costs, you know, and they often refer to that as risk. So, you know, insurance companies have a way of dealing with that for automobile policies or homeowner policies. But in healthcare, they use these HCC codes and the HCC coding methodology to determine the healthcare risks. So for this whole system to work correctly, the medical groups need to get the right HCC codes to the insurance companies so the insurance companies can calculate correctly how much money to put in that pool. And I think it's intuitive that if you're treating people that are relatively healthy, you need less money to treat those patients than if you're treating patients that are relatively sick. And the whole point of this risk okay. adjustment is to make sure there's not a, uh, an incentive for medical groups or insurance companies to only deal with the, with the healthiest patients. Okay. That makes complete sense. And then, you know, what about, you know, could you expand on the relationship between the clinical and the financial aspect a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, on the, on the population health front, right, the, the groups have to deal with the clinical side and the, and the financial side. And the clinical side, uh, I would say, first off, there's no question that fundamentally it's more involved and more complex than managing a patient in the fee-for-service world. 
it's really a different paradigm for how providers deal with their patients because in a pop health world, it's all about being proactive with patient care, keeping them healthy, and avoiding significant events that could um, land a patient in the hospital. And, you know, maybe to explain the difference in the approach of the fee-for-service model and the value-based care model, I, I could use this analogy of a typical, custom, uh, typical company's customer support structure. So if you have any type of business that interacts with customers, you know, you might have a couple of models for dealing with them. You know, you could have a yeah. call center for customer support, right? And the company has experts that are available to answer the customer's question, but it's up to the customer to know that they have an issue, and it's up to the customer to reach out to find someone that can solve their problem. And that's a lot like the fee-for-service world. And a company could also have an account management program, and, and that model they hope the account manager knows as much about the customer as the customer does, and the account manager is working proactively with that customer to stay ahead of any issues. And that's okay. kind of the model that represents what, what Pop Health is all about. There's a tremendous amount of work needed for groups to get you know, really good at this proactive care, and as a result, groups are putting a lot of attention onto the clinical side of it. And what sometimes happens is they don't put the same attention on the financial side. But as you know, we talked about getting these HCC codes entered correctly onto that uh, patient's encounter is really critical because the insurance companies need that to determine how much money they're going to give you to treat those patients. So it's critically important in the pop health world that you take good care of your patients it's also critically okay. important that you do this HCC coding well because that's going to give you the money that you need to make those investments in those in those programs. And and some groups might say that HCC coding is really difficult. Why is it so challenging to to implement and and use HCC coding? I mean, first, you know, there's no question that HCC coding it is complex. Um, but I'm actually not sure it's any more complex than the fee-for-service billing and coding that groups are dealing with today. Uh, so I think the, the main reason groups find it so challenging is, is that it's relatively new and it's very different from the fee-for-service billing and coding that they're used to. Uh, but if you think about you know, a medical group today, they're dealing with thousands of billing rules. They have hundreds of different, ins different insurance plans. And, you know, fee-for-service, it's, it's complicated, but they've been doing it for 20 or 30 years. And their physicians and their billers and coders have gotten really good at knowing how to work that system appropriately. And HCC coding, it's just a new paradigm. So I don't think it's more complex. I think it's new. And I think as groups get more comfortable understanding um, this new world, I just think groups are really good at dealing with complicated things, and I think that um, you know over the next several years, groups are going to get um, much much better at HCC coding, and I really am confident that they're they're going to figure this out. You, you brought up a good point about the physician groups, but what are they doing to improve HCC coding? Yeah. Um, well, as with you know a lot of stuff in healthcare, it it all starts with the physicians. 
what we see are groups spending a great deal of time training their physicians on HCC coding, you know, how it works, why it's important, and you know, how they should approach the whole uh, coding piece in the EMR. We also see groups are hiring care coordinators or chart prep resources that can review the patient's chart and review the patient's information prior to the visit. And then those resources kind of spend time with the doctor before they walk into the exam room to prep that doctor for the things they need to address with a patient that has a lot of chronic conditions. So we're seeing a lot of focus on provider education and then some groups adding a support structure to help the physicians manage patients that have a, a bunch of medical conditions. What are some things that physician groups are missing then with the HCC coding? Are there any gaps there that they're, they're missing? Yeah, you know, one thing that's surprising to us is that, you know, most groups aren't providing much in the way of coding support for the physicians on this HCC front. And the reason that's surprising to us is that every medical group in the country has a billing and coding team that supports the physicians in their fee-for-service world. I mean, just think about the size of the typical medical group's revenue cycle operation. Um, every group in the country has a pretty good-sized team that helps with this because it's, you know, it's really complicated. And um, we believe that this same support, this same infrastructure of helping the physicians do their coding well is needed in HCC coding, and we think the top performing groups are doing this well, but frankly, we think uh, groups across the country would benefit from providing their physicians with some coding support. Okay, and then let's bring this conversation, I guess, full circle and back to RCX rules. How do you help customers with the HCC coding and, and the, the challenges and, and, you know, all the, the, you know, the complexity of it? You know, first, we're thrilled to have worked, you know, closely with NextGen over the last several years to embed our uh, technology directly into the NextGen workflow. And the nice thing about this integration is that it allows us to help customers leverage some great capabilities that the customers have put in place in their fee-for-service operation, and our technology helps them repurpose some of those processes to help with the HCC coding world. And what I mean by this is, you know, every medical group in the country has some type of a charge review process. They use this every day, and they use this to make sure the insurance companies get the information they need to pay a fee-for-service claim. And our rules engine enables them to make a, a few small tweaks to that process so it can work well as an HCC review process. And okay. in the fee-for-service world, there's something called a, uh, a charge-scrubbing technology. You know, it's been around for decades, and it helps this charge review process run a lot more efficiently. And what RCX did is we built an HCC scrubbing technology. It's the exact same concept. It just looks for HCC coding gaps. So if the doctor coded everything correctly, then there's no need to have a coder review anything because it was done appropriately. But if the scrubber finds an HCC coding gap, then we're going to route that to a coder and give a coder an opportunity 
to put a second set of eyes on the physician's work. And this really helps groups because most of them can't afford to hire enough coders to review every single encounter that the physician sees, but this technology helps you know, one or two coders support as many as you know, 50 or, or 75 physicians. So Stephen, do you have any closing remarks on you know, value-based care? Yeah, I think you, you know, the thing I would say is that you know, this transition to value-based care, it, it's not been easy for this industry. You know, we've been at it for the last uh, 10 years and we've got a ways to go, but you know, fundamentally it's the right thing to do for the patients in this country because the current system, it's just gotten too expensive for people to deal with. And the nice thing about value-based care is it still enables the physicians and the healthcare organizations to be in control. And as an industry, if we move quickly enough and help with the cost and quality equation, then the industry is, I think, still in a position to maintain control. But I fear if we don't move fast enough in this direction, then the government is gonna get involved and the government is gonna uh, regulate and control healthcare more than they do today. And I actually don't think that's in the best interest of the patients uh, nor the physicians. So I just hope as an industry, uh, we continue down this journey and the pace that we operate at, uh, we even accelerate. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen. This has been incredibly educational and an eye-opener for me at least, and I'm sure others out there to HCC coding. Um, and the, there are solutions out there to help navigate the way, especially uh, if they consider leveraging RCX rules for that. So thank you for, uh, for being on the podcast today. Great, Chris. Uh, thank you for your time and uh, enjoyed the discussion. Thanks for listening to our show. If you found this episode interesting, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also visit us at nextgen.com forward slash FQHC and on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. If you have ideas for topics or questions, let us know and we'll answer in a future episode. Until next time, I've been your host. Have a great day.